Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed mind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscoe. I'm hosting today's program, Anarchist World. This a week, a few interesting bits of information. If you're interested in public interest before corporate interest, the website is now abuzz, abuzz with activities. Policy statements, the Congress on the 16th of March, activities. So I have been instructed by the person who's running the website for you to have a look at it. I've had a look at it and I've been amazed. It's almost, it is a professional webpage. So if you go to pibci, P-I-B-C-I, Net. Learn about the Congress on the 16th of March. Learn how you can become a member. Learn how I can come to you to talk about public interest before corporate interests. You organise the event, I'll turn up as long as there's something to drink that's not alcoholic. So pibci.net, P-I-B-C-I.net, updated for March, full of interesting information, ready to go. Get into it right now. Pipsy.net. Now, those of you wondering about our lunches and dinners, tonight is dinner night, 6 p.m., La Porchetta, 398, Raftown Street, Carlton North. So we'll see you there if you can't make it this week. Next week, another dinner, and the week after lunch. Now, I'm going to talk about institutionalised evil, and it's not going to be the institutionalised evil you think I'm going to talk about. Because I'm George Pelled out, as they say. I'm going to wait for the uh, appeal, because I may be the only person in Australia who thinks that this saga has not come to an end. But I'm going to talk about, there is institutionalised evil, and there's institutionalised evil. I'm going to talk about institutionalised evil that you and I can do something about. Now, I remember about two weeks ago, there was all this hullabaloo in Parliament and we saw in the House of Representatives that a bill was passed, it was described as a radical bill was passed, and this is how radical it was, that detainees, that's right, they have been there for six years, hostages, human hostages, on Manus Island in Nauru, 
could be repatriated back to Australia if they had urgent medical needs. Now, one, that's not radical. Two, it's pretty pretty sympathetic. And three, there are so many um, criterias around it that there's no way it was going to be exploited. Now, so what is institutionalised evil? Institutionalised evil is the response that we have seen from sections of the Australian media and that we have seen from the current government and the government of Nauru. Because remember, these people are on these islands, guests of the Australian government, which pretends it's a Papua New Guinea responsibility, although the Papua New Guinea High Court said, ah, ah, what the government did was not constitutional in New Guinea. And in Nauru, they've been there for six years because they had the audacity to climb refugee status. There's about 2,000 people there and it costs about a billion dollars or is it $1.5 billion per year to keep them there. And I'll link those figures in with some other figures later on in the program. So what was the response? And this is what I call describing institutionalised evil. The first response was that the government, the Morrison government, thinking there was, they could smell a little bit of electoral advantage, reopened Christmas Island Detention Centre and said that if anybody's going to be evacuated, they're going to be evacuated to Christmas Island, which is a six-bed hospital for the whole of the island. Then the government in Nauru says, well, courtesy of the Australian government, Concerned about the loss of revenue if people repatriated out of Nauru to Australia, said, well, we determine who will be repatriated. Then we saw the minister, Mr Dutton, carry on about how people smugglers were going to you know, exploit this loophole. Then we saw the Murdoch media crap on, make up a story about how the price for an asylum seeker to get to Australia on a boat was going to decrease to $1,500 a head, which wouldn't even pay the cost of the bloody boat. And this is, this is what's called institutionalised evil. We may talk about institutionalised evil in the Catholic Church and other churches around this country and mosques and synagogues and temples. But this is government-sponsored institutionalised evil to deny people who have committed no crime, who have been held as hostages and examples for the last six years, the right to access medical care, even when the parliament of this country passes legislation to ensure that care can be carried out. This is evil in all its manifestations. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now... I'm getting a bit old. 
and maybe some of the listeners are getting a bit old. And what I can't help noticing is the negativity in the community. This negativity, which stems not from the uh, exposure of the behaviour of people who wield power and have wealth in this society. People say that, that's, that's why people are feeling, you know, cynical, bored, listless. Because everywhere you look, whether it's the uh, Royal Commission into Institutionalised uh, institutionalized Child Abuse, whether it's the Royal Commission to the Banking and Financial Sector, whether it's the Royal Commission to the Aged Care Sector, We've seen all these people who are supposedly pillars of society turn out to have feet of clay and horns and tails. That's not the issue. We've known about that for years, decades. Anybody who's listened to the Anarchist World this week for the last 40 years knows about the claims we have made over the years. And obviously most people know. But you know what the malaise is in this in this in this country? There is a general malaise, and that malaise is based on the idea that you can't fight city hall. That it doesn't matter what you do, what you become involved in, things will never change. And it's a malaise which I've seen growing. This negativity in radical circles, conservative circles, moderate circles, reactionary circles, that irrespective of what you do, nothing is going to change. The you-can't-fight-city-hall mentality, which is exactly the type of mentality that those who exercise power love to foster in the community. This 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 scourge yes I was lost for words this scourge of defeatism that we see in people saying shrug their shoulders and say ah well that's the way it is ah well there's not much we're going to do about it. Well they may be right There's not much Parliament's going to do about it without a kick up the arse. There's not much business is going to do about it without a kick up the arse. There's not much the churches and the institutions, the religious institutions are going to do it, except there's a kick up the arse. And that kick up the arse comes from us, the people. That's right, the people. It comes from us. Because democracy isn't about casting a ballot every three to four years to elect a representative to make decisions for you for the next three to four years. Democracy is about taking action. It's about direct action. It's about maintaining continual pressure. And what we do on the Anarchist World this week is we try to organise events and campaigns which are based on the idea that we, as individuals and groups, have the power 
to fight City Hall. Not only the power to fight City Hall, but the power to change legislation, the power to change attitudes, the power to change direction. We have that power. But unless we exercise that power in our tens of thousands, you will find that irrespective of the findings of a million royal commissions, it will be business as usual in these sectors. Business as usual. As long as we are bystanders. As long as we just are voyeurs on the what happens around us. As long as we go and go, we shrug and say, Oh, well, what do you expect? Everything's corrupt. Everybody's corrupt. You can't change anything. Pass me another joint. And that's the dilemma. That's the dilemma all activist groups face. How do you mobilise people regarding issues which directly affect them? For example, the public housing everybody's business campaign, which we have been conducting in one form or another since the end of 2006. Not just the anarchist institutes, but public interests before corporate interests. And it's quite interesting to note the type of people that come to these rallies on the steps of Parliament House. Now, we are involved in a long-term campaign. We are not involved in some negative thing. And we do believe, and we know, not just believe, we know that if the right type of pressure applied to the 88 members of the Victorian House Legislative Assembly and the 40 members of the Legislative Council, and the right type of pressure applied to state governments around this country that the issue of housing affordability, not just the issue of homelessness, that the issue of housing affordability could be solved within a few years. And it's not about blood in the streets, bloody revolution, you know, some type of ideological fixation. Simple, straightforward policies. Why not use the revenue raised from stamp duty, which is the tax an individual or a corporation or a company pays when they buy property, why not quarantine that stamp duty revenue for public housing? And you could house over 3 million Australians, that's 3 million Australians, over 50, around 15% of the population in public housing by within a decade, by 2029, within a decade. And you don't have to build huge apartments and you don't have to give away public housing titles to the social, the privately owned social and community housing sector. But what it does is that you can spot purchase properties across the nation to house people. And a strong public housing strong public housing sector has significant impacts on the economy, and I'll go through them again and again and again and again. And the impacts are very simple: the stronger the public housing sector, 
the greater the pressure on the rental market, the greater the reduction in private rentals as fewer and fewer people need to rent privately because public housing should be available to anybody who cannot afford to enter the private housing market. As the returns on rental properties decrease, you'll find a flood of properties going to the markets which gives which will decrease price at the lower end of the market and allow more and more first home buyers to actually acquire with the help of some financial institution their own property. Public housing affords not just income security in terms of only 25% of income being used to pay rent, but it provides social security. It allows people to bring up their children in a stable environment in the same area without the need to constantly move. And that actually increases social cohesion and spot purchasing means that people from all walks of life are forced to rub shoulders, not the creation of ghettos, which are out of sight, out of mind, solutions, so-called solutions to the housing crisis. Now, if you've got three to four million people extra living in public housing around this country, think of the money which will be released into the economy as rents decrease, housing prices decrease at the lower end of the market, and people have increased spending power at their disposal. Think of the boosts that would give to the general economy. So a strong public housing sector is in everybody's business. And here in Victoria, where I'm broadcasting from, the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, this campaign, which has been initiated by public interest before corporate interests, is a long-term campaign. It is a four-year campaign. We won't be going away. We won't be changing our demands. We know and we believe that we can win this struggle and we will eventually, with your assistance, win this struggle for public housing. So go to the Facebook page, Public Housing Everybody's Business, or my personal uh, Facebook page, Toscana for the Public, to find out what this is all about. If you've got the time, join us for one hour a week from 8am to 9am on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. One hour a week, 8am to 9am. Every Wednesday in March, join us on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. And if you like this campaign, create one in your part of the next of the woods, in your town, in your city, in your state. Because negativity is exactly what they want us to feel. Hopelessness, negativity, defeatism is what feeds the beast. It's what allows those who exercise power and centralise wealth to increase their wealth and increase their power 
at your expense and the expense of your children and your friends and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. It's that defeatism which is fostered in the community, that idea that you cannot challenge the state, that idea that you cannot challenge the bureaucracy, that idea that you cannot challenge the government of the day at the state, national and local level. You can fight City Hall and you can win. And historically, if you look at human history, you look at every change that has occurred, it may have initiated on the fringes, but eventually it is taken up by the majority and eventually it gets incorporated into legislation. So remember, you don't need to feel defeatist. You don't need need to be negative. doesn't mean you're not realistic. There's a big difference between realism and defeatism. So think about it. You do have options. You don't have to accept the prevailing community view that struggle is useless. As they say, dare to struggle, dare to win, don't struggle. Continue to drown in the same problems you face today. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, the legacy media. Everybody says the legacy media is dead. What is the legacy media? That's the old-fashioned media, the old printed media. Those newspapers which spherically nobody reads. Well, I'm afraid to tell you that in 2019... In an era of social media, in an era of so-called individual editorial independence, that the legacy media is much more important than it's ever been. And the concentration of the legacy media, the ownership of the legacy media, in fewer and fewer hands, increases that influence. Because Rupert Murdoch, who owns The Australian, has run a national newspaper for over 60 years and never made a cent from that newspaper because he knows that that legacy media sets the agenda for the community. Look at television, look at social media, look at ra- uh, listen to radio, the commercial and the commercial sector and the government guild at ABC, and you will see that what are the lead stories in the legacy media tend to be the lead stories in all other media outlets. And that's why in the Anarchist World this week, you don't see me following that world-worn path where people comment on what is the legacy media. I do my best not to read the legacy media so that I've got my own ideas about what's happening in the world today. But ultimately, as I said before, Ultimate political authority comes from the people. Not from a defeated people. Not from an alienated people. Not from a cynical people. But a people who understand and believe that ultimate political authority rests in their hands, not in the hands of the state or the government of the day, or the bureaucracy, or the corporate sector, but rests in their hands, and it only rests in their hands when they are willing to take action 
to raise the issues that are important to them. If you look at what's happening in Sudan today, what's happening in Iran, what's happening in many other parts of the world, you will see that people taking matters into their own hands is what frightens governments around the world. So instead of sniping from the sidelines, why don't you join an established group? And if you don't like the established groups in your area, why don't you form a new group to act as a burr under the corporate saddle, a burr under the bureaucracy, a burr under the state saddle? Think about it. No irritation, no opposition, no resistance, no change. And that's why we don't see change in 21st century world and 21st century Australia. Because the government of the day and the leading opposition parties are basically two sides of the same coin. There may be a different picture on either side of the coin, but they are two sides of the same coin. And nothing will change Till we as a people, we as groups, we as individuals challenge the idea that there are only two solutions to every problem. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Scott, I'm hosting today's program. If you'd like a compl- well, if you'd like uh, an application form to join public interests before corporate interests. Download the information from pibci.net. Don't forget, the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest webpage has been updated for activities in March. There's information about the Congress on the 16th of uh, the National Congress on the 16th of March. Information about discussion regarding certain policy statements. Information regarding how to join, how to get involved. Go to pibci.net. If you want to learn more about anarchism, go to anarchistmedia.org. That's anarchistmedia.org. If you want to write to me, write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And yes, I do answer letters. I know it's hard to believe, but I do answer letters regularly. And talking about letters, we still need $1 stamps to finish the last mail out for the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest Congress on the 16th of March. So send us those $1 stamps as soon as possible. Now, people say, and I say, I used to say, until I opened my eyes, that we've never had a more stable society in terms of the number of wars, the number of deaths that are occurring. And then I, you look at the figures and you, and you start to wonder. Now, in the last few weeks, over the f- half the world's population, that's around 3.8 billion people, has been declared to be middle class. And what's the definition of middle class? The, mid- the definition of middle class is if you've got $15 disposable income per week after 
you've paid all your bills. And I'm sure everybody will go, whoopie doo. All these people have gone from, you know, being poor, low, you know, into the middle classes. Happy, happy, hallelujah, hallelujah. Then when you look at the change that occurred over the last 40 years, yes, the four famous words, during the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatised revolution, what we've seen is how wealth has flowed up river. Forget about the snowy mountain skim and its uh, harebrained ideas, but about wealth flowing up river, not down river. In Australia in 2019, 1% of Australians own more than 70% of the collective wealth of the country. And as I said before, it's a little bit like, you know, uh, somebody, we're all at the same table. The top end of the table has everything and the bottom of the table eats the scraps. And those of you who think, oh, well, he's just, you know, you're just drumming this up drumming this up well I was shocked and I'm not easily shocked I've been around a long time I've been a doctor for almost 43 years and you see a lot of things in your in a lifetime and I was shocked to see front page ads in the legacy media for the Smith family I've got nothing against the Smith family I'm sure they do wonderful work unlike some other private charities I know, who I've got real doubts about. But getting back to the... Uh, they were asking people to donate money and sponsor an Australian child. I'm thinking, excuse me? We live in a developing nation. They want me to sponsor an Australian child? Hmm. Then I'm told that over one million Australian children live below the poverty line and that most of these can't even afford the basic necessities that are required to access a so-called three education in the public education sector and many have to skip out on meals and excursions and uniforms. And then I'm told there are people saying, well, well, it's all their own fault. We're talking about children here because their parents smoke or their parents have got a drug problem. Well, since when have we blamed children for their parents' habits and problems? Since when have we become so judgmental? And I know since when. Since we have seen wealth flow up the ladder. So we have over a million school children from, I think it's five million, maybe one in five, living below the poverty line who can't even access a so-called three education because they don't have the resources to access that so-called three education and we have a major charity, the Smith family, you know, asking for Australians to sponsor 
children so they can get a basic education. And I'm thinking, excuse me, excuse me, isn't this why we have a government? Isn't the role of a government to provide security for the people they govern? Not just border security, but security in terms of healthcare, security in terms of education, security in terms of outcome, security in terms of um, day-to-day life. Isn't that the whole purpose, the essence of the state? Well, that's what we're told. I mean, theoretically, the state is there and continues to be there to ensure that those who exercise power and, and, and keep wealth, continue to generate power and grow, grow their wealth. But at least it should make a semblance of providing security for all its citizens, especially children. Think about it. This is a rich country. 25 million people living on a continent. A rich country. One million children, one in five, living below below the poverty line. And then we look at the schmozzle of the education policy we have. An education policy which is designed to generate votes for the different political parties. An education policy which gives taxpayers money to privately own religious schools. I don't care if they're Roman Catholic or Muslim or Jewish or Anglican or Protestant or Mormon or Califumpian. But the fact that the state, the state is you and me, the taxpayer, pays tax to ensure that there is this education inequality. And we see these little wonderful advertisements, you know, every day about how All this money is going to the private sector, the Roman Catholic sector and the public sector. And then we have the Smith family saying there are one million children living below the poverty line, one in five, and they can't access even a basic three education in the public education sector. This is not a problem for charity. This is a problem for the government of the day, and it's a problem for us, you and me, us, because we have allowed this to happen. And more importantly, because we believe you can't fight City Hall, or people, I don't believe that, but people believe you can't fight City Hall, that we allow this to continue to happen ad nauseum, day after day, report after report. Constantly, we allow this to go on. This is a government responsibility. If the government of the day can't even provide for the basic necessities of the children of this country, it has no right to govern us. But as the election draws near and we get seduced by the propaganda, and it is propaganda, just as we see propaganda in communist China, communist North Korea, and the list goes on and on, we see the propaganda. We will see propaganda regarding the next federal election and dutifully the majority of Australians will 
go to the ballot box and give their vote to one of the major parties, hoping against hope that these problems will be addressed. Well, we have a government and a political system, not just a government, a political system, which is unwilling and incapable of solving many basic problems which governments are in power to solve. We don't make the rules. We don't pass legislation. We don't make the laws. We don't have the capacity to call a referendum through a citizens-initiated referendum process and actually initiate legislative change. Only Parliament is able to do that in Australia under the current constitutional arrangements. And we see governments at all levels paralysed, captured, that their policy direction has been captured, that that 1% of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, captured, incapable of shaking themselves free of that domination, incapable of cutting the strings of the puppet masters, the corporate puppet masters, unwilling to ruffle the feathers. And nothing highlights this more than the kerfuffle and the anger, the manufactured anger and debate, so-called debate, about removing a few franking credits for a few people who, who don't, you know, get in something for nothing. About changing negative gearing laws in the future. About changing superannuation arrangements which affected about, you know, 20,000 people. Front page news. Discussion on every, you know, media outlet. Social media, you know, hallabaloo. This is... News. Really? When we have a million children who can't even access a basic education? When we have one third of Australians living in poverty, relying on inadequate social security benefits to survive? When we have a culture of kicking and bullying and intimidating those with the least power? while luxuriating this debate about nothing in particular, about language, about ignoring the plight of people who are so traumatised, they feel, there's no point. You can't fight City Hall. I've just got to fill in the forms, find the stamps, do what has to be done in order to survive. Climate change. Let's look at climate change. Human-induced climate change. Ask any farmer. I mean, you get research coming out that you need to grow wheat in winter. You can get actually a better return than the traditional times because of the change in the climate. We have a government that's incapable, unwilling to address or even acknowledge that climate change is a real and significant issue. Blinded by the coal industry, blinded by the mining sector, 
they are willing to ignore what everybody else in the world accepts. Not only willing to ignore, but unwilling to do anything about it. And when they're forced, through the pressure of public opinion and facts, to do something about it, what does the Morrison-led government promise you, boys and girls? What do they promise you? Two billion dollars over a decade. Two billion dollars over a decade to address the issue of emissions. Now, let's not forget this is the same government, as I said at the beginning of this program, the same government which is willing to spend over a billion dollars every year, that's 10 billion, right? Over a decade, in order to incarcerate 2,000 human hostages on Manus Island and Nauru. That's right. Five times more than it's been promised to help address the major issue of our time. Because climate change doesn't recognise national sovereignty. It doesn't recognise borders. It doesn't recognise the colour of your skin. It doesn't recognise your culture or the language you speak. It just shows you the lunacy of the current political system which is so deadlocked, so paralysed, so much the child of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, that nothing ever seems to be achieved. And as election time nears, we get these fake debates about nothing, nothing in particular. You pass legislation which subverted to remove people from Manus Island and Nauru if they've got a major medical issue, and we are told this opens the floodgates to the people smugglers. Not once, not twice, but ad nauseum, day after day after day after day in every major media outlet in this country, both in legacy media and the virtual media. And then we're told about the one million children who the Smith family needs to raise sponsorship for because they can't access what should be their birthright, access to a public education, access to the social elevator, which education is supposed to be, which is supposed to lift people out of poverty into a better standard of living in the next generation. We're told the government is so inept People are so judgmental about people who are financially exploited, and the word isn't financially disadvantaged, it's financially exploited. There's one word I hate more than the dull. It's financial disadvantage. It's not financial disadvantage, financial exploitation. And then we are told that the way out of this is to cast a vote at the next election for some political party that is a captured captured, whose policy direction is captured by that small section of society 
that has so much wealth and so much power that it determines the lives of millions of people in this country. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across the Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Po- program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. The devil made me do it. You know that? Well, that's what the Pope tells me. The devil made me do it. Now, I'm interested in religion, not because I'm interested in life after death, because I think it's a lot of garbage. I'm interested in religion because I'm interested in how religions are organised in order to maintain a specific social order and a specific hierarchy. I think all the problems that have beset the Roman Catholic Church, which has theoretically 1.3 billion adherents, which is about 20% of the world's population, which has been here for over 2,000 years, is why has it come to this? Irrespective of what happens with Cardinal Pell or not in the appeal process, irrespective of the thousands and tens of thousands of cases of abuse around the world, how has it come to this? How has this institution allowed itself to be so soiled and so degraded over such a long period of time? And the answer is simple. It's not because the devil made me do it. It's not because people are inherently evil. But it's because of the hierarchical structure of the Catholic Church. And it mirrors the hierarchical structure in a dictatorship. Because the Pope is God's representative on on earth. Although he is elected by men, the cardinals, he is God's representative on earth. He is infallible. And he directs the flock. He is the shepherd for the flock. So if you've got this strict hierarchical arrangement, one person at the top has an extraordinary amount of power on how that institution functions. The same like in a dictatorship where you've got one human being or two or three who have an extraordinary amount of power to determine the fate of millions, if not tens of millions of people. As we watch Groper, President Groper, host one of the most vicious dictators on this planet in Vietnam, you understand that the issue as far as we are concerned, as far as anarchists is concerned, it's not about human fallibility or about inherent evil or the devil. It's about hierarchy. It's about how hierarchy gives people inordinate 
amount of power and that power in a hierarchical situation is normally used to protect the individual and the institution that individual is head of. And that's what we saw in the Catholic Church. We saw the failure of hierarchy, the failure of a system of internal government which does allows the most ugly incidents to occur, as we saw in Nazi Germany with the extermination camp, where millions of Jews and communists and anarchists and homosexuals and peoples with disability were executed, killed, an industrial orgy of mass killing because a small group of people controlled that empire and they had the force to ensure that their delusions became legislative reality. As we see around the world today, And we see it constantly. So the central issue that faces all of us as individuals is hierarchy. It's about giving up power to other people to exercise that power on our behalf, whether they seize it through force, whether they acquire it because we vote them in. When you have no responsibility to report back that power corrupts absolutely and that is what we are seeing the corruption of a hierarchical system which is based on an apex at the top and a pyramid at the bottom and whether it's the Catholic Church whether it's a dictatorship whether it's a parliamentary democracy whether it's a business whether it's a corporation That's what anarchy is about. It's about removing hierarchy. It's about creating structures which to replace hierarchy. Structures which are based on direct democratic principles. Structures which are based on creating wealth and sharing that wealth. Not creating wealth and squirrelling that wealth away in the pockets of a minority, but creating wealth and sharing that wealth. Because if you want a society without the evils we see today, whether it's in the Catholic Church, whether it's in a state bureaucracy, whether it's in a state dictatorship, whether it's in a theocracy, all these institutions have one thing in common, hierarchy. And we need to be involved in that struggle to break down hierarchy. And that is the anarchist struggle. It's about creating a society where we no longer need hierarchy. And as human beings, we are capable of anything. We are capable of mass murder. We are capable of having an egalitarian community. And what direction we take to a large degree depends on the structures we live and labour under. And the more hierarchical those structures the more destructive potential we have in the community. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3CR, 
3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. Don't forget, if you go to dinners and it's the 27th of February, uh, the, the Pepsi dinner with Joseph Toscano will be held at the uh, La Pochetta 398 Raft Downstream, Carlton North in Melbourne. All welcome, 6pm to 9pm. If you'd like to learn more about Pipsy, look at our updated uh, webs page, pipsy.net. You can download the application from, from pipsy.net. Learn more about Anarchist, anarchistmedia.org. Go to the uh, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest Staff YouTube channel. See yours truly. Wander around the city of Melbourne and Australia, telling it how it is. That's right. Every week, new YouTube presentation. Please comment. Become a friend. Become one of my friends. On my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. I can assure you, we vet all our friends. No pornography stars, please. You can ring us on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Leave a gentle message. You're harsh. I won't return the call. And if you don't leave a number, I can't, can I? And yes, I do answer letters. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Don't forget, if you live in Victoria, live in Melbourne, 8 a.m. every Wednesday in March, Victorian Parliament House, public housing, everybody's business, rallies. Don't forget the 1st of May. We'll be organising something for that. Don't forget the 16th of March, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest Congress. You want to attend, you need to be a member, so download that application form, pipsy.net. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network, across Australia, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That number, once again... Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And yes, we still need $1 stamps to get out those last few hundred letters out to uh, Pipsy members to attend the Congress on the 16th of March. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station next week. And if you want your friends to listen, tell them about the podcast. Tell them to go to 3cr.org.au, Anarchist World This Week. And hey, Presta, you and I will be an item for an hour. That's right, and it costs you nothing. That post office box, post office box 20, Parkville 3052. That's where you send the stamps. You can't send stamps via virtual mail, but Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. That phone number 0439 395489. Updated uh, webpage for Pipsy, Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I.net. Bursting full of information. You can uh, go to anarchistmedia.org. 16th of March, I'll speak about the 23rd of March next week. There's got another event coming up. Lots of things happening. As I said, the theme for the program was you can fight City Hall, you can burn down City Hall, you can create a new City Hall, which is based on non-hierarchical principles. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Listen in next week. Evil minds that plot destruction
An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.